Hi. Welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present, on history.org. This is behind the scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. Joining me in the studio today is Jan Gillum, and at Colonial Williamsburg, she's manager of exhibit planning, and the best title I've ever heard, Associate Curator of Toys. Yes. That's wonderful. Uh, as Associate Curator of Toys, you have an exhibit going on that I really, to tell the truth, have not seen, and you have brought a book of pictures about which I'm very happy. Are there that many toys from the 18th century? I hate to show my ignorance, but I guess there were. Well, actually, there were toys in the 18th century, but our collection of toys is with the Abbey Aldrich Rockefeller Folk Art Museum, and therefore the majority are 19th and even early 20th century toys. Oh, okay. But there were some... You don't really hear about 18th century toys, although if there were 18th century children, there were bound to be toys of some kind. There were definitely toys, and we do have a few dolls from the 18th century that will be that are in this exhibit. And they had a lot of outdoor-type games that they played. And kids will always make things up, whether they take a rock and put fabric around it and make it a doll or do something like that. They find ways of making their own toys, too. Yeah, I've, I found it. When you go out and, and buy your child an expensive toy, he would rather have the box. Yes. Because <laughs> he, can, he can make the box anything he wants That's it right. to be. That's right. Kids have always had wonderful imaginations, which I am uh, afraid they manage to lose by the time they get to be adults. Adults, yes, I think so. What, when people come to see toy collections, what are they looking for? I think they're, some of it is they're looking for remembrance of the past and what it was like to be a child in the past. And one of the reasons this exhibit is called The Child's Eye View is because the toys reflect the adult world. Even today they do the same thing. Dolls are dressed as astronauts or doctors or lawyers or whatever. In the 19th century, the toys reflected the times as well. And so you get a sense of the past by just looking at the toys children played with. Oh, yeah, of course you would. Uh, children tend to make things up as they know them. That's right, exactly. So whatever is today is what they're fiddling with. That's right. And when we have a lot of toy carriages with horses, but then we also have a few toy cars. And it's that time period where... Um, in the late 19th, early 20th century, we're shifting to automobiles and trains, and that shift is reflected very much in the toy field. Ah. Uh, how about animals? Animals pretty much stay the same, though. Yes, but every generation makes their own. We have toys um, that are squeak toys, and that means that when you press them, they actually make a little noise, and those are from the mid-19th century. And they are bulldogs, they're sheepdogs, they're monkeys, there's elephants, there's birds. What do you find most interesting, you as curator of toys? What do you like about toys? I, often you don't find the toys in the best of shape, but I kind of like that because it reminds you that these things were really played with and that small children once held these and played with them and loved them and cared for them or not depending on what they are. And it's just fascinating to look at the toys and think about who played with them. Yeah, you, uh, they do get worn. Yes. Uh, 
There's no question of that. It would be fun to think, you know, what, how did they play with this? You know, how did they make use of it? What entertained them? How right. Did well, you, if, if you really let your imagination go, you could have a lot of fun with that. Uh, we always do. When we put these exhibits up, it's very fun. Uh, how long does it, and I don't know if I'm using the correct terminology, how long does it take to mount an exhibit of toys or put it up or get it going? Or? It generally takes, we start the concept probably two years in advance thinking about what we're going to do and then writing the labels and gathering information and then actually mounting and building an exhibit can take anywhere from three to six months. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, two years ago, right? did you know that you had all these toys available to you and you set out with a specific goal in mind of... I have some storage areas that have all the toys laid out and I can go in there and look at them and decide what I want. And it's sometimes really hard to pick the theme that I want to do. Play with your own and so that, Exactly. Yeah. So that takes a while to figure out um, what it is that we want to base the theme around for this particular exhibit and then selecting the objects that best fit that theme and that would mean something to visitors as they walk through. Okay. Show me, you've got a whole book of yes. pictures, so I'm, I might as well want to see some of them. Uh, one of the nice things we have is a great collection of dollhouses, mm -hmm. and we have dollhouses, one from the 1830s that was built in Virginia and has come down in the family and was donated to us by that family. So we have a few pieces like uh, the uh, Virginia dollhouse, and then we have the Rumford dollhouse, which was built in Philadelphia in the 1820s and donated to us by that family, and it's a four-room dollhouse that um, we've had for a few years now, but it's always fun to share because it has such a great family history. That one I can see says it's four feet high. Yes. Isn't it big for a dollhouse? You want to be able to play with it with your dolls in there. They have to fit. Yeah, the, this is actually big, but our dollhouses, the Long Island dollhouse, which we acquired in 1969, was built in about 1900 in New York. And it's uh, 12 feet long, and it has over, it has about 7 to 12 rooms in it, and all the rooms are about 2 feet high by I could 2 feet there. wide. You could. It's a very It's a beautiful house, well furnished. Uh, yeah, they're some really nice houses, but not everybody was able to afford something like that. Those oh. were often special built. Okay, th for, uh, now let's get back to, to something that a, a middling family might own, and it's not going to be a 12-foot dollhouse. Right, that's right. Uh, Four feet high. Yeah. Okay. How long is that? Do we, do we this know? This one's probably about just five feet wide. Okay. Four feet high, five feet wide. Yeah. And a couple of dormers on top. One, yes. two, three, four, five windows across the front top. Four windows across the front bottom and a front door. This is you very class. Yeah. This is a very yeah. classical house, sort of like the Wyth house in town. We're two rooms below, two rooms above, and the center passage. Okay, so now, this has nice space. Does this roof lift up or, or it, something? It did originally. It, over the years, it's been modified. But originally, the back of the roof was hinged so that you could get into the attic as well and oh, play yeah. with it. Do you have any mechanical toys? We do have some that um, are mechanical. Mechanical toys, especially in the latter part of the 19th century, as the American toy field takes off, you get mechanical toys, uh, tin toys in particular, and cast iron toys. 
but we have a great alligator that he winds up and he is wired such that as he rolls along the floor, his tail and his head are hinged so that they wiggle as you go along the floor. And his mouth opens or is open permanently? Yes, and he's all wood with the mechanism under him. A gray alligator with a hinged tail, one, two, three, four, five pieces, and one, two, three, four pieces at the front. On wheels. You said uh, American Toys took off, and I sort of let you get yeah. by with it because I wanted to see the yeah. alligator. Was there a great toy period for American there, industry? Yes. In the earlier 19th century, the toy world was centered around Germany. Germany was import, um, exporting the wooden toys in particular. We have toy villages, we have Noah's Arks, we have uh, kitchens that girls could play with, and that's where a lot of the toys were coming from. They were made so inexpensively in such quantities that they could be shipped to America at a low cost, and it was very hard to compete with that. Mm -hmm. But in the latter part of the 19th century, um, tin toys and cast iron toys uh, came along and were more popular, and American industry was able to sort of take the lead in that area. And so those toys, um, America started building up in that area first and then creating their own toys as the toy industry made its way. I remember when I was a kid, all the six-shooters, and all the boys yeah. had six-shooters, yeah. were all metal. Yes. No plastic. We didn't right. have, well, we didn't have any. So Right. But no, metal were. toys were very popular. Today, you wouldn't get away with some of them. They have such sharp edges and all sorts of things that lead paint and a few oh, things. Oh One of my good friends took his little metal six-shooter and whacked me upside the head and opened up my eye yeah, pretty yes. good. Yeah. Uh, and I wish that had been plastic, yes. but it wasn't. Uh, actually, I remember in the Army, it was American toy manufacturers who made cheap submachine guns that the Army could afford to give its troops. They were called grease guns and looked for all the world like a grease gun. Yeah. But they were stamped out by American toy manufacturers. The toy manufacturing issue is very interesting, and particularly a lot of people know Lionel Trains, mm -hmm. which began in the early 20th century. And, again, they became the leader in the toy train field, certainly, and still are. But in, during the First World War, they gave up making toy trains in order to through the war, but they made paper trains so that boys would still have that Lionel name, and as soon as the war ended, they were back into making toy trains again. Now so the industries had to adapt. How do you make a paper train? Come on, you can't roll along tracks and no, get choo-choo. No, you can't, that, but it, it's a train. We have, in the before um, electric trains, mm -hmm. you had to just deal with rolling trains, yeah. but we even have a wooden train that doesn't have wheels. It's got flat bottoms, but they hook together and kids could pull them along the floor. Kids will make of it what they want. If it's a train, yeah, they'll make it do so what they want it to do. <laughs> I had never not thought of it. I had never considered a paper train or a train with no wheels, but I'd have fun with those. Yeah, I thought a lot of people do. They are great trains. Uh, is Do you have to caution people to keep their hands in their pockets. You know, I mean, the temptation to pick up a toy is just... It is, and that's why most of our toys are behind glass or okay. some way that you can't get to them, but you can get right up to them in the glass. But, yes, it's very tempting. Unfair question. Do you have a favorite piece? 
I don't know. I every, it changes depending on what I'm working with at the time. I have to love the toy trains. I, I think there we have a great collection that was donated to the museum, and it's it's fabulous and it's fun to look at those and set those up. When you you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. You are now setting up uh, 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 mounting an exhibit. There's no one there to stop uh-huh. you because you know. Do you play with them? probably shouldn't answer that, but I keep my gloves on, and yes, I, I'm, I, mean, the, I do. <laughs> the te- I don't see how you could resist the temptation. I couldn't. I just... Well, they're fabulous. No, and that's, I think, one of the uh, very appealing things about and why it's fun to do a toy exhibit is because you know the visitors will respond to it. Everybody looks at it and has some sort of response, and a lot of times it is, I remember when grandfather played with something like that, or can you imagine them playing with that instead of the Barbie of today? Or there's always some connection that the visitor finds with the toys, and they're just very appealing. (laughs) Make plans to see a child's eye view on display this winter. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear. (laughs) 